Welcome to Brand With On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. I knew very young that I was a little bit different when I would ask my neighborhood friends, what's your favorite song? And they would say, Mary Had a Little Lamb or America the Beautiful. And I'd be saying, but what about the Beatles? You know, I knew. <laughs> now your guides through the media morphosis. Noted communications second generation broadcaster and media strategist, David Martin, and author of the book Brand With, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. As a kid, Whitney Allen wanted it all, to be a rock star, an astronaut, an explorer, and a big radio person. And amazingly, she's done it all and more. She started a career in Eureka, California at KATA before moving to San Diego and has done CHR, Nostalgia, AC, and even country radio. And then came a call from Scott Shannon. He was putting together Pirate Radio in L.A., and she took it before moving on to market leader KISS FM, where she met Blair Gardner, who was just launching his national country radio show, After Midnight. Whitney joined him and for eight years hosted After Midnight Weekends with Whitney Allen on over 200 country stations. Now, she's got her very own show, Six Nights a Week, The Big Time with Whitney Allen and The Big Time Saturday Night. Brand with Undemand is proud to present the one and only Whitney Allen. Oh, wow. You guys are so nice. Thank you. Well, we are so glad to have you, Whitney. So I got to ask you, I mean, it seems like since a kid you were thinking about radio, but when did you know that that was going to be the path you were going to do for real? Well, actually, I was about 16. I was 16. And I knew that KISS, which was an AM in Los Angeles at that time, had a broadcast workshop. You had to be 18 to go to. Uh oh. And I dragged Dad down with me to the workshop. And I said, Dad, you, you like you have to vouch for me because I have to do this. <laughs> and that's actually how it got started. They let me in when I was 16. And what it did was it taught me the lingo. I didn't know what a Segway was. For me, PSA was an airline. That's how old I am. You know? <laughs> so right. It just taught me all of those things you really needed to know, even just to get your foot into the door. So I was 16 at that point, but living in Los Angeles, there was no way to get a, a job in L.A. There was no way. Right. So wait two years. I was driving up to Eureka with a friend of mine, and I was just going to stay for a break. And true story, heard a girl, and she was on the air at night, and she was very sultry, just talking like this. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is really uncomfortable. For me, um, I would be uncomfortable. Granted, I was only 19. But I would be uncomfortable listening to that woman if I had a boyfriend who was listening with me. <laughs> and I said, I will never, if I can get on the air, I will never be that kind of a jock. Right. So I said, you know, I'm just going to see if I can get this girl's job. True story. Now, I did not get her fired. Uh -huh. But what happened, I was working at a restaurant and they offered me manager at the restaurant. And I said, you know, guys, I really thank you. That's, that means a lot. I really want to get into radio. And they said, well, you know, Dick down the street. And I said, I live at the station all the time. She said, well, he's one of our best friends. So they introduced me to this GM where I got a job running the syndication reels and doing commercials. Sure. And then months later, this girl who I was listening to driving into Eureka quit the job. I applied for the job and I got it. Ah. You know, when you your show first went into syndication, it must have been really exciting to work with Blair Gardner and everything, and now you've done your own show. What are some of the biggest surprises that you've encountered, Whitney, in transitioning from local to national? 
All of the things they told you were crutches are exactly that. If you can't get away from time and temperature, you can't do syndication. We can't mention the time because we're on an all time zone at the same time. We can't mention weather because I could be having great weather, beautiful weather in Los Angeles, but in the South where we're also running, there could be incredible massive thunder and rainstorms and no one can be on the roads because they're flooding. So those are the things you really have to be aware of. You have to be able to relate to things on a national level. Um, And sometimes the common denominator is just what you know about the artist or some lighthearted news stories. We don't get into anything heavy because we're an entertainment program. But you have to be able to talk about those instead of just yourself, your time, your weather, your situation. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. You know, you got the luxury of having a cast of supporting characters there. What are some of the benchmarks you and your team find successful? And what are some of the things that you believe make a good feature? Well, what I love are contests, and I've noticed this ever since I was really young. Maybe it's because I'm a radio geek, but I think it's human nature if you hear something, let's say you have a setup for a contest, I never take caller 10 and then ask them the question. That might hold someone's attention, or maybe not at all, for 30 seconds. But if I give the question 10 minutes earlier or 7 minutes earlier, I guarantee you there are people in their cars thinking, I know that, and they may never call the station, but I bet they will stick around and listen to see if another person knows the answer. So I I have always done that. You know, I will sit in my car. I'm one of those people. If someone says, coming up, you'll never guess what, whatever this guy said. I want to know. And it's the same with contests. I think if I think I know the answer, I want to see if everyone else is as smart as me, even if I never call. So would it be fair to say that you are more into contests that have some entertainment value than just playing Caller 10 stuff? Absolutely. We don't do any Caller 10 we did in the beginning, and uh, we would run maybe one or two features a day, and then the rest of our contests were colors like 10, 11, and 12. Right. Yeah. Instead of going into it, we said, what was the most talked about item of clothing this week? Was it A, the winner of Project Runway, or was it B, a jacket worn by the First Lady? And we just left it at that. Yep. We've had calls where people say, thank you for keeping the topics. And we thought, well, we really kind of don't. But we really kind of do. We just do it in a very entertaining way. So, changing gears just a little bit, Whitney, what advice might you offer to broadcasters, especially women, who might want to follow in your footsteps someday? Well, I think that, for me, it's really strange because I did know that I wanted to be in radio. I kid you not. I was three or four. It was this or a veterinarian. I never made it into space as an astronaut, by the way. Oh. But I did want to be a veterinarian or a disc jockey. So I really never thought of fame or even success when you're that young. It was just, I want to do that when I grow up. I want to do that. I mean, there's a ton of jobs that come with no real fanfare. And it was not about the fanfare. It was not about the attention. It was not about awards. It was, what did you want to do? I knew very young that I was a little bit different. And I would ask my neighborhood friends, what's your favorite song? And they would say, Mary Had a Little Lamb or America the Beautiful. And I'd be saying, but what about the Beatles? You know, (laughs) I knew it's a true story. And I knew I wanted to be involved in music in, in some way. So that's what was important to me. And I never expected anything really to come of it. I didn't. 
was, yeah, it was a lot of work. We've all done radio. We've all done the, the eight-hour shifts, which are just soul-sucking. Right. Um, we've all worked six days. I worked six days a week for so many years. I mean, you know, it, it was a grind. But in the end, I knew if I wanted to survive in the climate that radio was becoming when a lot of people were losing their, their budgets for air talent, I knew I didn't want to steal any more jobs away. What I wanted to do was simply the first show that we had was a one-hour wrap-up of the day. It was a one-hour program. And really, my only goal at that point, I think I'm way off topic from your question, so reel me back. No, no. No, you're good. You're good. This is great. But I know that when I was working at KZLA, you know, every jock had to do an extra hour. And when you've done your own show and you've used your best stuff, like, oh, God, to do another hour can feel like torture. So it was a one-hour wrap-up the number one songs, the biggest stories of the day, and again, all lighthearted. It was kind of the top 10, top 10, top 10, whatever. And uh-huh. I just wanted, you know, I wanted to get a foot in the syndication door because I could see, oh, you know, my job could be next, being this market that has no budget. And the show didn't do well because all of the programmers will, were using, were losing their budget. And they said, can you please give us a 7 to midnight? And I'm like, well, one, I can't because I still have a job. Um, doing afternoon drive, it would be absolutely impossible. And B, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put a show out there that can steal someone else's job. And I'm still to that point. Whereas, I don't want to take a local job away. Now, if any of the other night hosts are going for the same position, I'll fight them tooth and nail. Right. Patients still have cash. I would hope they would put that into their seven to midnight show. Mm-hmm. I really would. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, I guess when you're starting out, you might want to keep your eye on the prize, but know that for the most part, that prize is not going to come your first three years or five years or even 10 years. can't remember the stat that I read of what it takes for someone to become an expert. 10,000 hours is what um, Malcolm Blackwell is saying. So chances are good that you've got a very lucky break. And chances are good that that might not run forever. So never rest on your laurels. Never think you are the best at what you do. There is someone chomping at the bit still to have your job. What a star. Whitney Allen, host of The Big Show. Our thanks to J.D. Justice in Central Iowa for suggesting Whitney, who is getting killer ratings, at his 100,000 watt powerhouse, Kicks 1011. Somebody you'd like to hear from on the show? Well, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us, show at brandwithondemand.com. They can join great guests like Philly's Chio in the Morning, Beasley VP Programming Buzz Knight, the Queen of the 80s, Martha Quinn, now hosting mornings on I Heart the 80s in San Fran and so many others right here. Whether you know it or not, every radio station host and even manager has a brand. And we all have access to bandwidth. Here's the trick. Making the most of opportunities that that presents. We call it brandwidth. Coming up, Whitney Allen shares some things she knows now 
she really wishes she'd known way back when. Exploring media evolution in real time. Brandwith On Demand. What is it that makes Music Master the favorite choice of radio programmers all around the world? Ask CKRM's Colin Lovequist. Music Master has just eased the workload and the stress, giving me more time to spend with the community. The real question is why will you choose Music Master? Find out at musicmaster.com. The stuff we know now, we wish we'd known then. Brandwith On Demand. We're with Whitney Allen, the star of The Big Show. Whitney, what's the one thing you know now that you really wish you could tell your younger self? It's all going to be worth it. There were two times within my first four or five years that I quit radio because I thought I was burned out. And I learned real quickly that we're blessed to be able to do what we do. I think if you really love something, you're always going to hit obstacles. You're always going to have low times. If you're doing a shift that is midnight to six every day it's going to feel like that's going to last forever and it doesn't if you love what you do if you're good at what you do if you apply yourself to what you do if you want to there's some people who are very happy doing the midnight every day for me i couldn't do it i could do 6 a.m to 10 i could not be a morning person i did that for three months thank god that too shall pass mm-hmm. but i really think that in the bad times if this is what you want to do for a living and you apply yourself it, it truly will work out I truly believe that. So you're really talking about a matter of passion, almost like a calling. You can't just do this because someone else wants you to, or you think it would be cool that. You really have to want this more than anything. There are some of us who love it and would do anything to make this our living. So I think that just like any other job, it's not perfect. But if this is what you want to do and you apply yourself, I truly believe you can make it. As long as this country on the radio. Our thanks to the star of the big show, Whitney Allen. Highlights of this show with videos and even excerpts from the big show, plus the expanded play of this interview, are all available at brandwithondemand.com. Coming up, someone else who has done it all. On-air, major market programming, consulting, writing, lots of cable TV appearances, and he keeps his finger on the pulse of changing tech. Colin Cook joins us. That's a wrap, Tipper. This week in One Minute Martinizing, we talk about the importance of before, before doing something. It's important, really. I wouldn't kid you. You'll find it in the show notes at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brand with be wide. Reuse or redistribution of brand with on demand without the express written consent of the producers is greatly appreciated. While you're at it, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us in the iTunes store or wherever you get your podcast. Your feedback helps others discover Brandwith on demand. Not your average quarter hour. Dave Martin and Kipper McGee. Brandwith on demand.